This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A very good evening uh, to everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. We've already got over 60 people waiting before we've even started the show watching already. And it's going to be a great show uh, tonight, I'm sure because I've, I've entitled the name of the show. Uh, we've gone from pain to joy. We had the pain of Bournemouth. We had the pain of Liverpool. We had the pain of that first half against Tottenham. But boy, did we have the joy and the smiles on our faces at the end of that game. It was a massive three points that we got um, beating Tottenham Hotspur uh, at the Molyneux. And I'll tell you what, so many times we've watched Wolves play Tottenham Hotspur at the Molyneux um, since we've been in the Premier League. How many times have we absolutely battered them and lost the game? And uh, we've played well and we've, got, we've won away from home, of course. We've won at Wembley. We've won at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We hadn't beaten them at Molyneux since uh, 2010. And, um, you know, OK, we didn't play. A, we didn't have a shot at a goal at all in the first half. But the second half, the, uh, the maestro, the magician, the tactician, the genius that is Julian Lopetegui, made some changes, matched them up, and we were we grew into the game. And it was the man, Adama Traore, that scored the goal. We've got a fantastic panel. I can tell you what, it's an, it's, it's an amazing panel of fans and pundits that we've got joining us tonight. So just kick your heels up, put your heels on the chairs, turn the volume up, um, and uh, sit back and listen, because it's a good one that we're going to have tonight. And I'm proud uh, to bring on for our first panel, uh, we're going to be bringing on my good buddy, Manny, who's currently in training for the <laughs> London Marathon. And wow. we've also announced the uh, the next Samosa Saturday. So before I bring on the next guest, Manny, just cover that off. Yeah, so Samosa Saturday, April the 8th, um, Chelsea at home. Um, uh, and hopefully it's atmosphere like um, yesterday at the end of the game. So be there 11 o'clock till kickoff. Any donation, but even if you don't donate, you'll get something to eat. Um, uh, hopefully raise a bit of money for Dementia UK. And then two weeks later, London Marathon, which 
Man, I did a 26-kilometre run before the game <laughs> on Saturday. Hey, your so. times are, apparently your times Man. are really good, aren't they? Yeah, I think, you know, since I've been using those e-scooters, it's been... <laughs> I've been breaking all, all the records, but don't tell anyone that. <laughs> it's working really well. And also, just bring uh, returning pundit representing Wolf Likes at the, who power the show and Acorn to Oats who can provide you with fantastic life insurance and mortgages and a lot more. Chris, welcome back to the show, mate. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Mate, I've got a much bigger smile on my face than we did yeah. after Bournemouth and uh, and Liverpool. Uh, before we get stuck in again, uh, just to remind everyone, please support uh, Wolf Like, part of the Acorn to Oak Group, the Bilson Company, they will literally help you with your uh, important insurance, life insurance for your family, mortgages, and lots more. Tell us about that, Chris. Yeah, so I, I think I probably want to highlight mortgages at the moment because it, it's it's crazy out there. The mortgage deals are all over the place. And, you know, <laughs> I think if people are, are thinking they might want to have a new deal in the next three, four, five months, now's the time to be looking um, because they, you know, don't have, you know, go on too much about mortgages, but they are going up. Um, and now's a really good time to be looking. But we're here. We're all local guys. I'll be the one who you speak to initially. If it's something that's business insurance, I'll pass you on to my colleagues that do that, like Claire and Jan and Sean. Um, if it's if it's pension-related, that'll be me or mortgages. It'll be me and Nick. So there's a great big team. We're all local. We all want to look after our local uh, fellow Wolves fans. Um, so just give us a call or email. And we'll help you any way we can. Or fill in the form below to be entered into a Wolves prize draw. Indeed. Indeed. And that comes Finish through it. to you as well. Now, we, I know we've had a couple of people that have got in touch about the yep. mortgages and stuff like that. So that's yep. fantastic. And you do business insurance for businesses as well, yeah. don't you? Yeah, we do everything. Cover all the bases. Now, now, what we've got to do next is we've got to do a little bit of a drum roll because we have a debutant. We have a debutant, a very special uh, person uh, and friend. And it's great to welcome onto the show for his debut. Ow! Oh, Come on, Chris. Oh, How long you want, Kev? How long, nice? <laughs> Mate, um, you know, Kevin, um, you know, he's, he's, you often see him on social media. He's a, a real lovely guy. You live really close to the mall in you, and he's. Yeah. So enthusiastic about the Wolves and before every game you'll see him put his face out there on Twitter giving the team a howl um, and yeah. he's with, with the thing and um, you know sometimes you get a little bit of stick mate I've had it we've had the abuse Manny's had the abuse Jason <laughs> you know we've all had it from some of the haters yeah. mate and um, you know you're a you're a top lad you, you're passionate about your, your, your Wolves, and I invited him to come on uh, to Extra Time so you can have your say about things. How are you feeling, Kev? I'm feeling good, actually. I'm feeling glad that I've had so much support over the last 24 to 48 hours after um, so much backlash like, to um, my um, my request to go on the um, pitch line. No, well, that's important, mate. I mean, because at the end of the day... The one thing that we should all be, you know, we, we're going to just, we, you know, as Wolves fans, as, as, as human beings, we're never going to agree with each other on everything. We're always going to have passionate opinions and stuff. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We've got two arms and two legs and we're all individual. We're not robots. 
You know, yeah. you can disagree with everyone. You can have different views, but there's a way about uh, putting it across, isn't it? And that's yeah. what it's all about. At the end of the day, we should be one pack supporting each other at the end of the day. And if if, if we were all the same, it would be a boring place, mate. It would be an absolute yeah. boring place. And so also, as well, if, if um, people um, took time out to um, realise what damage they're doing to people's mental health, and people won't be going out their houses. Absolutely. And and you've got, is it a, an illness or a disability that you have, Kev? Yeah, well, I've got um, hydrocephalus. I suffer with fibromyalgia. But I've also got fetal valprop syndrome. And that, that affects you day to day? Yeah, basically. That affects my balance and coordination, like, but um, also... Um, affects my joints like and um, basically uh, my right hand is like only got um well it used to originally have um, five fingers but that's to remove my thumb because it wasn't functioning properly and that's to move my second thumb and make it into a um, second finger into a thumb absolutely and so you've been through a lot of trauma in your life mate and anyway you, you know it's just, it's an absolute pleasure to uh to invite you onto the show and i'm glad you accepted and we're going to sit back now, and we're going to uh, we're going to talk about. I mean, you're getting loads of good things like here. Look, like Kev, follow you on Twitter, mate. Keep howling, you know. Come on, you know. We'll welcome Kevin. Kevin, you're getting like lots of love and stuff like that, mate. And so we've got a great community here on Always Wolves, so you're, you're absolutely welcome. Let's get stuck into the show. Let's get stuck into the team, Manny. Um, wow. We messaged each other, didn't we? On um, on Wednesday night um, yeah. and everything. Obviously, you were, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be invited into the corporate and I was trying to see where you were and everything. And yeah, we yeah, both yeah. watched the match from different angles. Um, in the game for the first half, second half, you know, very disappointed. A lot of people were very unhappy, but like they smashed United today, 7 0. Yeah. And then yeah. we've gone two halves of footballs without scoring, the gut, without having a shot on target, because that was like the, the second half of Liverpool's. First half yesterday, and then the second yep. half yesterday. I mean, what did what what are the points that you'd like to make about those you know, guys? First of all, we're we're not going to play champagne football. Let's be honest, because if we were playing champagne football and and creating chance after chance, we'd probably be scoring goals, and we would definitely not be near the bottom of the league. So um, this time of the year, you know, with twelve games to go, thirteen games to go, it's all about scrapping and fighting and um, playing for the pride of the club and, and your, you know, future in the Premier League. And it's all about staying in games. So even on Wednesday, yeah, we weren't playing well, but up until 70-odd minutes, you know, we were still in the game. Um, yeah, they won and they won fairly and 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 um, uh, won easily in the end. But yesterday was the same. It, we got to half-time. We had a bit of luck. We rode our luck. But how many times have... Other teams had luck, you know, or against us or uh, vice versa. So it swings and roundabouts. We were still in the game, very much in the game. And one thing uh, Lopetegui does, everybody knows, he does not wait, does he? Even if he gets it wrong, he does not wait. He makes his changes early. He makes an impact early. And the impact worked, didn't it? I'm pretty sure it was like, I thought, has he been on the phone to Nuno? Because... He literally, I thought he must have been on the phone to Nuno to say, how did you get to this club into seventh place? Well, go, th go three at the back, play your leader at the back, get, bring Matinho on, with, Matinho on with Neves, 
play um, Traore and Raul up front and you haven't got Jota, but ask Cunha to do the Jota role and get Johnny and Smedo bombing down the wings. And guess what? It was actually a throwback to those European days. That second half, eight attempts, five on target, regularly hitting the target, um, Neves shooting from distance, Matinho controlling the midfield, Smedo getting in the box, nearly scoring, you know, Johnny bombing down the wing, Raul going back three years, um, and trial race. So it was a pretty much, it was a throwback. And and you have to be brave enough to do that, you know, because sometimes you can get stuck with, I want to play four at the back and that's it. But you've got to be open to changing things as well and thinking, oh, how can I get the best out of some, or let's just match up Spurs. So Spurs were playing that system. And I think he just went, right, I'm going to match them up and almost do what they were doing to us in the first half. And it was you know, tactical genius. He took off possibly our best player, Lamina. I must admit, I must admit when, when, the, when the changes were made at half-time, yeah. mate, and uh, I saw it and I was like, okay, so he took Lamina off, who was having a really good game because he was man-marking Kane. Yeah. And he was thinking, I was thinking, that's a roll of the dice going to the five. But God, genius. No, it was genius, complete genius. Um, Lamina, if you saw the first half, he was literally playing alongside he was um, like playing in the back three, wasn't he? Almost. He was alongside Dawson and Kilman. So it was almost like, well, it's almost a waste of a midfielder. He might as well have a centre-half there. So he, he put three defenders rather than a midfielder there. And and, um, and and Matinho was majestic. Raul, you know, unbelievable. What Two block shots, one disallowed goal that slipped through for Cunha. You know, the um, header, everything he did was just sensational yesterday it was a top top second half performance and um uh, it sort of lit up Molyneux and um uh, everybody was happy going home you know um because at half time like you said it was we hadn't had a shot you're thinking but we're still in the game so it's still that, that was the positive you know, that I took from head, the, half time, yeah. the fact that we'd had we'd been so poor and I kind of said at half time I think I'll put a tweet out and I put the, the stats surely we've got to be better second half and you know, this manager does not is not afraid to make a decision. Chris, yeah. on to you, on to you. I mean, obviously, Manage talked about the the game management from Lopetegui and the and the things. I'm, I'm sure you're going to probably agree with that. And we're going to have probably a lot of uh, pundits that are going to come on and talk about that today. What points would you like to make? Well, I think the um, yeah, I mean, everything Manny said, yeah, completely agree. Uh, I think the changes it, it was a you know, tactical masterclass is probably an overused expression, but it really was. I mean, when he took Lamina off, he's like, what's he doing? Mm. He's the best player on the pitch. But but look what happened. I mean, um, it, it was a throwback. And I mean, the midfield worked so much better. Matinho just controlled everything. He was calm. And, and his game management towards the end of the game when we were winning was fantastic. You know, not rushing to take corners. Uh, which, you know, maybe we'd have thrown the ball in and hoped to get another one. No, he just wasted a bit of time in the corner and, and that's what you want. And um, after the game, Julian said one of the most important things was a clean sheet. And it really was, you know, because without clean sheets, you know, we, we need get, to get points on the board. We need another 12 points or so to be pretty much safe. Um, and up get, to get a clean sheet against Kane, Son and Kulisevsky, that's a damn good result because they're good players. Um yeah. Thought when Jimenez came on, I, I was disappointed for Costa, but Jimenez made such a difference. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's thrown himself into challenges, 
big effort running running around all over the place. Um, you know, and, and the stoppages in the first half, there were so many stoppages, weren't there? No, no other team got any momentum together. Um, uh, we rode our luck a little bit. It, the, they hit the bar twice, I think. Um, and but but you know, when when they got Martino on, Martino was like the Rolls Royce, and Jimenez was like the Ferrari. And when when we got when we got that shot that got blocked, I think it was Jimenez's shot that got blocked, saved, and Troyori put it in. The place exploded, didn't it? Um, the sun. Oh, it, felt, it felt good. And you know the, <coughs> you know the thing that I thought was really good about the uh, the Triori goal. It was that he didn't lash at the ball. He didn't exactly. lash at it. He didn't like try and you know, and it just hit the top of the south bank. He literally did really well to keep it down, actually, because it was bouncing up to keep it down. To be fair, it was like Triore. If you give him time, it ends up in Rosehead. He had no time. <laughs> no, no, it's on it. I mean, that's a proof. Right, isn't it? To be fair. Let's be honest. And and he had no time, and it was extinct. And he and it's like you know, he scored a goal at Fulham where he lashed it into the top corner. He scored a, one in the cup, didn't he? When he smashed it into, he's done. He's done those type of shots where they they either go into the stand or they'll just be absolutely sensational. So it was a great finish. You got to you got to it give was. it to him. And he, it's great and, technique. Yeah, great technique, and you know, I mean, the, the place went crazy, and the, the Spurs fans, they weren't. That happy uh, after that winning, were they? Kane moan. Oh my god, mm. I, I can't believe how much moaning Kane was doing and falling over again, which oh. is why that it was it was it was the uh, the Wolves fans up. Um, they were uh singing about him very, very politely. <laughs> um, I, think it was Tim, I think it was Tim Spears that tweeted uh, who we. He'd been following there, uh, obviously covering Tottenham for a while, and uh, the Wolves fans really don't like him. But like talking about Tim Spears, because um, obviously we all know he's a big, massive Wolves fan, and he's covering Tottenham. And uh, it must have been like for him covering that. We went, "Oh no, Wolves have scored on his tweet or something like that." We're like, "We all know, we all know the truth." <laughs> Kev, um, on to you, mate. What points would you like to make about that game or, or the Wednesday night game or both? Um, well, basically, Wednesday night was like, is it like the players had um, just given up, basically, and like it was just like they didn't want to turn up. But like sat sat down and against Tottenham, it was like as if like Lopetegui had said to them, "You're playing for Wolves, not not for anybody else. You're playing for the fans." Like, and like it was like. When that um when that Troy goal went in, I actually when I was in, I was in my flat like and I was hearing the crowd and I thought, oh see away fans cheering, but I soon realised when they announced on the tunnel he was um Troy that scored like and I realised then it was Wolves. <laughs> it was such Brilliant. a great time to score as well, uh, the eighty second minute. And um and Kev did you know, the one thing that I thought Wolves did well um as well afterwards was that, and you know, this is to Manny and Chris as well. How they managed the game after the goal, as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I saw that yeah, Dawson's um, the linchpin now. That defence, it very keeps them very tight. Is it? Is a proper leader? Is a proper? You know what? Leader? I'm uh, talking about Dawson. You know, we we talked in all our podcasts this season, and we've talked about our lack of leaders. You know, we've really struggled this season. Where sort of. You know, Bruno Large, when he was in charge, we had a lot of kids in the side 
and sort of Ruben Neves was carrying everybody and there's a lot of burden on Ruben Neves's shoulder shoulders because he's trying to captain the side and then he's trying to be the uh, the player the enforcer the one who carries us forward and and the signing of Dawson for Neves I think is just incredible because it's like he don't have to look behind now Neves doesn't because yeah. he's got this huge figure of a man he's, he's a beast of a leader he literally um, cajoles and puts people in place, you know, and um, and he can defend on top of that. His positional sense, he's never rarely out of position, you know, and, and uh, I, I think I'll put a tweet out, he's our best bargain since Steve Ball. And the reason I put that is, yes, we've had Matinho for five million and we signed really good players. Remember, we were bottom of the table. So we're bottom of the table we're going nowhere. We're potentially going to lose our Premier League status. And then, bang, we buy a player of his stature. What the hell are West Ham doing? Thinking of selling someone like him at that stage. But thank you very much, West Ham, because he really, honestly, I, I think he's like the Lopetegui Dawson. Um, you know, both of them coming at the same time. Huge for us. Absolutely huge. And um, he just marshalled everything so well and the, the management the spine of the team if you looked at Dawson Matinho Neves and then your uh, Raul it was just so solid and then and, and they saw the game out in the end fairly comfortably and, and to be fair we could have scored more than the one Abby Jarvis makes a point there um on that he, the block from from uh, to, was to put. It was only a slight deflection. Yeah, he got yeah. foot and it just uplifted it to the uh, onto the bar. Yeah, well, you know that Ferrari goal. It just remind me of a Ferrari. How smooth and how fast it went in. It was <laughs> like it was. It was like a bullet. That it literally. I, I actually think they took some of the uh, the oil off 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 uh, Triore and put it on the underside of that bar. <laughs> they always look, you know, those type of goals always look brilliant, don't they? When they smash yeah, the bar and go in, it's just a classic way of scoring, isn't it? And and yeah. to be fair, let's be honest, the South Bank end especially has been devoid of any sort of goal action. You know, very few goals. You know, you're talking single digits in the whole calendar year has gone into yeah. the South Bank end. And so to score one late on to win a big match, you know, almost like a bit of a must win because after losing and, and drawing, you want to get back on the, you know, you know, especially losing the Bournemouth game, which was a huge loss. Um, 10.6 games lifted ourselves up, you know, from bottom to 13th. It's a huge change, 17 points in 10 games. If he'd been, if he'd been, there, if he'd been here from the start, someone put, we would have been on 44. That would have put his fifth, you know, if, if he carries on on that trajectory of points. So, you know, huge, huge effect, huge impact, huge signing. I've got to give special mention to Raul. See, he's a probably played his best game for a long, long time. Raul, yeah, sensational. Absolutely, he was. Um, I mean, he was, he was, he was hungry. I put a tweet out earlier. I captured a bit of video which I was watching back. I mean, he tackled a slide tackle, you know, to stop a, a cross from mm. Spurs, uh, literally two yards from our own touchline to block. Uh, that's that's not a player that's not committed to this yeah. club. That's not yeah, fighting for the shirt. Yeah, you know. So the goals will come, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah. He'll put himself around. He'll keep putting himself around. He'll keep working hard. I mean, we work so hard 
and we went through all the way whole nine i mean first half yeah we weren't that great but the second half we outworked him uh we outplayed him and jimenez was the for me the man of the match because he worked so hard and his challenges even when he came on in the first half he was throwing himself around he's fantastic making challenge you know slow challenges you don't get that from a center forward very often it's strange uh, how fate works really because you know we started with costa and we struggled you could tell we were struggling to retain yeah. the ball there wasn't any link up play there was not you know there what it was chalk and cheese wasn't it and then he gets an injury and no one wishes and you know an injury on anybody but that was a huge turning point that injury was actually you know the turning point because he had to throw roll on and then he changed the system and um uh, he gave us a focal point the three players up top second half it was like we just completely changed it around, didn't we? Um, yeah. And they were totally effective from being completely ineffective. So, you know, so much credit to Lopetegui for not waiting. He could have easily said, well, it's only nil-nil. Let's carry on. Let's carry on. There 75 minutes, 80 minutes. Okay, Mark 10 minutes. Have done that. Yeah, and then maybe get a point. But he, he said, no, we're not even creating. So we're going to start creating. We're going to start shooting. Neves had three shots to me from distance in about five minutes, and that was intention. You could tell it that raised, was like it, it, it's kind of yeah. raised the rest. Of the Neves, which you know, well, how he was playing and having the shots, and they were good shots. The keeper made oh, really? one great save. There's another one that was like a banana that spun round. Yeah. You know, another one that you know, it, it really lifted the rest of the team. And all yeah. of a sudden, you could see the Tottenham players starting to panic. And where they were composing in so control. And then the Wolves players were doing to Tottenham, um, like what we did to Liverpool at the start of the match at Molyneux. We were closing down in packs and they were losing the ball and making mistakes. We were winning it off them. And all of a sudden, the momentum shifted. Um, yeah. And obviously, the, that momentum shift. And it goes to show when you're positive like that, you make your own luck. Yes, we were lucky in some respects. The, um, we got away. We once Son had a good shot. I think it would have been offside anyway. There's a couple of chances. They hit the bar twice. How many yeah. times have we seen that happen for us when it's not gone? Yeah. And how many times have we have we seen a shot that's hit the you know hit, hit the post and come out? Ours went in. Theirs didn't. Small margins, mm. but we we were due a bit of luck. And we've played Tottenham so many times at Molyneux and not had the rub of the green. It was yeah. our turn, and it felt really really good. And you know. As you say, 17 points from 10. We had a blip against Bournemouth. That was a poor uh, a poor result. You know, you put the Liverpool result into context today, 7-0 United, you know, and we've we've ground out a result against Tottenham yesterday. And we got a, and, and it does take a little bit of the pressure off the next game, Newcastle away. It, you know, they've got back to winning ways again. And then we've got, I think we've got, is it Leeds? Yeah, Leeds, yeah, Leeds at home. And when we did the last podcast, in-person podcast, we basically, all three, me, you and Jason, we all went for about 10 points, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah, we did. And, and, and then, to be fair, if he matches what he's done over the last six games, over the next six games, we're on 37, virtually, you know, getting very close to safety. And that's with losing games as well. So, I think still think there'll be blips because he's, you know, he's still a new coach, still new players. There'll still be... Hairy moments for us, but you can see that we're in every game. I, I just think we're in every game, even the ones that we're not competing or maybe not um, having shots in. We're still staying 
in with a chance of winning you know, or, or or getting something out of the game and that's what Lopetegui's bought he's um uh, he's got everybody singing off the same hymn sheet hasn't he and he's yeah. the other thing i have to say is he's got options what large didn't have was no options he had the Kundals and campbells and you know he had young kids on the bench large has got experienced he's bringing on new no side he's bringing you know he's bringing johnny in he's bringing matinho in he's bringing raul bringing adama on bringing you know these are huge players collins is suddenly on the bench you know he did um, well when he come he on can afford, he can afford to take lamina off and still not suffer he can afford to take you know so definitely um he's 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 made sure he's got the players in the bench looks so effective you know um, i mean it'll be strong it'll be stronger in the summer definitely hopefully you know it all depends on obviously you know if players come and go don't they so but yeah. I, I just don't think lopetegui's on hang about just to go through the motions at wolves he'll demand uh the players he'll, he'll, want, he'll want to uh you know to uh to take us forward i think this I think we all know this year it's all about stabilising the ship, staying up, yeah. uh, getting to safety. We don't want to be going into the last match of the season against Arsenal. I think we got we to... got we got rid of Alada and we uh, in 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 Bruno Large and we 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 bought in a bloody Ferrari with him <laughs> with Julian Lopetegui. I think you know he's a class above, isn't he? It's he's a massive a upgrade, man. absolutely yeah. uh, massive upgrade without any shadow of, of the doubt. God, I'm just going to let you know, guys. We've got 224 people watching the show live around the world yeah. at the moment. That's so, for Kev. That is, they're all yeah. they're, they're all cheering on Kev. Where does he go? Let us know in the uh, let us know in the chat whereabouts in the world that uh, whereabouts in the world that you were you're watching from as well. We'll put some of those uh, onto the screen um, as well. And uh, you, everyone's making some fantastic points. But, Chris, we're going to come on to uh, the, the man of the match uh, performance rating highlight of the day. You've already indicated that your yeah. vote for man of the match is going to roll. Um, yeah. You know, do you want to yeah. tell us why? 100%. It was, it was the effort he put in. The, the effort he put in, he changed the uh, mentality, he changed the momentum of the game as soon as he came on, throwing himself into challenges, making runs. Um, it, I just thought he, he was he was back to his towards his best, and we if we can do if he can do that consistently, you know he can score five six goals before the end of the season. I've got no doubt, no doubt at all. Yeah. Him and him and uh, Neves and Troyore, if they can play well together like that they have done, then we we we're going to be absolutely fine, and he's going to nod a few goals in. I'm sure. I'd, I'd say performance rating. Ugh, Let's say let's say seven seven and a half out of ten because I think the first half wasn't the best, but we were we were great in the second half. So seven and a half out of ten performance rating. Moment of the day, I'm going to be very personal and say it was just when they when we scored, me and someone jumping up and down, and he's he's ne he's twelve and he's nearly as tall as me. So that was quite <laughs> that was quite good. It'll be bigger than me soon. So. <laughs> but that was a, that was a fantastic moment. So um, yeah. Absolutely. We've got a load of people. We've even got Bondi Beach in Australia. And we've got a guy from Canada we're all over. And uh, Sarah, Sarah Meekop says she's watching from Bedfordshire, looking forward to work in the morning. Her boss is a Spurs fan. That will be <laughs> nice. Kev, um, on to you. Uh, your moment of the day, highlight of the day. Your man of the match and your performance rating, mate. Um, my moment of the day was um, Troy scoring that goal, which lifted the whole of their own stadium and um also um my man and match is um raul 
because like he's done a lot since his um, injury to get back to the way he is. And that Julian Lopetegui has helped him a lot, especially with the fitness coaches. And I think he's getting back to what his um, old self like. I think you're absolutely right with that, mate, in terms of like the fitness coach. Well, they brought in two fitness coaches and that's certainly, uh, you, you know, you, I thought Costa looked pretty fit as well when yeah. he was playing, he was running around. I mean, it's such a shame. I mean, it might be the last that we've seen of Costa. We don't know yet. Yeah. I mean, it's not the record that he wanted, having more red cards and goals uh, in a gold yeah. shirt, but uh, that's it. Uh, anything else to add for, on, on that, Kev? Um, a seven out of ten performance, basically. A seven out of ten. You make some good points. So that's another vote there for Raul. Uh, you know what? They, uh, basically, they've stolen my thunder. Both of these geezers have. Because <laughs> the thing is, you know, Raul has had stick from a yeah. lot of people that he's passed it. He's no good. He can't score anymore. He's not committed. He don't want to be there. And literally, nobody's got a clue, have they? They're just making things up. No one's got a clue. You're not in his head. You know, and mm. people are just coming up with just, and then suddenly you're just seen with a bit of fitness, a bit of, you know, a bit of love, a bit of some manager that believes in him, throws him on there, the crowd singing his name, and suddenly Raul is looking like his old self again. So get behind the lad, man, get behind the lad. He's, uh, I think, in our striking department, he's uh, still our most likely route to goal, you know. He's our most likely scorer. And um, uh, even though he hasn't scored, he still is our mo most likely. And he, and he showed that in that second half. So hopefully he carries that on. But I want to see support for him. Not alone. I don't want him alone like he was at Liverpool. Cunha around him. Triori around him. Cunha and it seems to work, doesn't it? I think Cunha is definitely a number 10, not somebody, a number nine. Somebody put on the air saying, well, you know, um, what, what formation against Newcastle, this... I don't care about formations. It's about scoring goals. I don't care if it's five at the back. I don't care. Four three three hasn't scored us any goals, has it? I hate three midfielders. Personally, I hate three midfielders. I want an extra an attacker. And when Martino Neves are the only two midfield, we got an extra attacker. So you got that Raul. It was like the Raul Jota Triore of old day. It reminded me of that in three. With yeah. Cuna, you know, there. So give him some support. Don't play him on his own. And um, Cunha is the man to support him. Trial race applying them. And I think we'll be okay. So definitely uh, performance rating. He's my man of the match by far. He was just sensational. You know, took it to took it to um, Spurs. Um, uh, performance, you know, at this stage is about seven and a half because at this stage of the season, it's just about getting over the line. It's not about, you know, these wonderful, amazing, it's about just getting over the line, grinding the points out, three points of the board, pulling away. So in that respect, it's actually a really positive performance um, after that first half. Um, moment of the day, I don't know, you know, it's, that goal was tremendous. I thought you might go with Javen, bringing out the... <laughs> oh, Javen, yeah, he does the mascots, you know, and I did film, he goes, and it's, it's quite proud to see your son down there, you know, it's kind of thing that us as fans, you know, when we, back in our day, there was no such thing was there to try and be associated with the club or or or, or work for the club. And he loves his job and he loves him, uh, you know, going into school. So it's great just to see him uh, enjoying, um, uh, you know, to imagine working at the club that you love. So 
he loves it. So the moment, I mean, this isn't a, a good moment. It's a bad moment was the injury, the injury to Diego. That was the moment of the, the game, to be honest. I just think that changed it. That forced him a little bit and then he changed it second that's, half. That's so. quite ironic, isn't it? Because the uh, yeah. the Fulham game, the injury to Kuna, that break, yes. changed that, that changed game. That game yeah. And yeah. almost like flipped end. Although mm. we, we, we don't wish Costa any, any, you know. Oh, no. No. But I agree with you, Dave. I think that probably will be the end if it is a serious injury. Costa yeah. was not a planned signing, remember. It was because we had we bought the striker who gets injured after half an hour and then we've looked around and this guy's a free, a free, and we just took a gamble. He's had 14 games, hasn't scored. To be honest, hasn't looked like scoring, let's be honest, you know. Um, so, but he's done a good job at Southampton away, especially. He did a brilliant yeah. job there, um, uh, hauled us back into it. So he's he's done as best as he probably could at his his age and his form. Uh, it was a temporary solution, and all the best to him if it, if it is his last game, and hopefully he gets it. And um, you know, we do we do wish that. I mean, and definitely just a quick one uh, before we move on to the wheel. Uh, Chris Humphreys has asked uh, your opinions. I'll just put it up on the screen. If I can find. It again in a second. He was up. Um, anyway, you basically ask your opinions on Paul Nunes. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually going to mention that if there was a down point, it was the amount of time he did give the ball away. I thought he, yeah. he seemed to struggle giving, but I have to say, you know, he has been played out of position uh, a lot, so he's being asked to do a job which he is on doing, the and, and we also forget sometimes that. He also is 23 and he's also played less than 100 professional games and that he also is in a new country. You know, so there's lots of factors again and the fees, they don't decide them. And But at the moment, you know, we've got cover and we've got Gomez, we've got Lamina, we've got Neves, we've got Matinia. We've got lots of cover now. So we've got options to take him out the firing line. So he has struggled. I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, totally agree. Go on, Kev. I'm going to say, yeah, with that Nunes, just give him time. Like um, at the end of the day, as long as we're winning games, just give the players the confidence they need. Mm. That's all we need to do uh, from the stands, rather than berating every um, missed opportunity with passes or shots. Say to the players, "Come on, we know you can do it." You know no, what I mean? understand what Chris has said there. He is, and uh, like I said, at the moment you can take him out the firing line. And that yeah. might do him good. He may go at the end of the season, you know, if he's got this deal with Liverpool or whatever. And, I don't you know, think Liverpool would buy him at the moment. No, mate, I, I, but he might not. But he might be a superstar there. You know, players change, don't they? It's just the mentality of some people. So let's see. Um, uh, but I'm not too worried. If he did go, I wouldn't be too worried personally. I think we've got some very good, very good players in that middle of the park. So, and we, I'm pretty sure we'll strengthen again depending on who we lose. So. Absolutely, mate. Well, we're going to. Can you all see the wheel now? The wheel. Can you see that on the screen? Yeah. So, Kev, this is basically a random question. There's a, there's a few. The green are the wolves questions, and then there's all the questions. So, okay. uh, some, we're going to see what comes up. If there's one that's come up recently, I'll, I'll spin it again. But we're going to go with the uh, going to go with the wheel now. So here we okay. go. It's spinning. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> this one 
is we're going to go with Chris first on this. Tell us about your greatest sporting moment. Do you mean mine or your own personal? My own personal. personal. And in the chat, you can join in on this as well. Okay, right. So you don't know this about me, Dave, but I used to be able to run fast when I was young. I was a sprinter. Yeah, yeah. And I was um, Staffordshire County Champion at 200 metres a couple of times. Wow. What was your time, Chris? I did 22.6 for 200. That is oh, fast. Probably faster than half our, half our team. Probably and about 10 8, 10 8 for 100. Brilliant. That's yeah. 10 8 for 100 yeah. metres. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is really fast. Well, I, I, yeah. yeah I, I used to train with some guys who were faster than me at Wolverhampton and Bilston. Um, yeah, that was one of the classic athletic clubs, wasn't it? Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. They had some. They had yeah. some there's a guy called Dave Nelson who were yeah, trained yeah. with who won. Um, Won hurdles, bronze medal in the Commonwealth Games. And yeah, I remember that was, name. Yeah, I yeah used to watch Andy Tullock, he was a great hurdler. But there was some, there were some younger lads, younger than me, who were absolute superstars, and they were like, they were like some of the best in the country. One oh, Kathy, Kathy Cook, <laughs> Kathy Cook, and Gary Cook, yeah, down yeah, there. Oh, um, Cook. But yeah, that that I'm, I'm going to say that when I was 15. Really? Oh, mate, I think that's pretty a pretty decent uh, one to say. Paul Harris in the chat's gone British judo judo champion I'm going to go to away games with you then, Paul. Yeah, we'll go with, we'll go with Paul. Yeah. They'll look after us. He will. Um, Godfrey Flavel said he got a trial with Wolves when he was 15. Wow, Brilliant. And everything. Manny, let's go on to you. Oh man, I, I've played football. No, that's then. not beating me at tennis. Yeah, I know. I haven't done that, so that, that's <laughs> to come. Um, I would say, you know, I played under sixteen football um, for a team called Cosley Rovers, and oh, um, right uh, back then, nineteen eighty-nine, ninety. Um, I don't think they. I was probably the first ever Asian player to play for them. They were only junior side, and we played in a. A tournament called the Canary Cup down in Great Yarmouth, and um, we played the quarterfinal of our uh, game at Carrow Road. And um, a little young uh, academy player was like presenting us with like our medals. Someone called Raw Fox, if you remember. Yeah, so um, uh, someone finished third in the egg and spoon race. I actually finished second once, so. I beat that. But um uh, yeah, so that was, that just, was oh, we, egg and spoon, just give it to Chris. No one to get yeah. near him. Oh, no, <laughs> I'd yeah. drop the bloody egg though, I would. <laughs> so I'd say that was quite a good sporting moment. I used to play a lot of sport. I used to play hockey for Wolverhampton as well. So played hockey for you know, they had a lot of teams. Um so uh, hockey, played a bit of golf, and but that sporting moment, yeah, playing an international so anything you can't do, mate, yeah. Well, <laughs> and now I run. <laughs> I you run now, quite, Chris. You are quite, you are quite sporty, actually. You, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're very, very fit. Before we get on to Chris, uh, to Kev, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I was uh, I was England ranked table tennis player for well for England, um, so I was pretty good at the old table tennis, and Brilliant. I played county and uh, won a few tournaments and stuff, and so that was uh, I, I do like the old table tennis. Kev, let's get on to you, mate. Well, I was, a part, I was a part my favourite moment because I, I was in the Special Olympics. I was actually a table tennis player. No way! Would you, 
There's a match. Kev versus Dave. We're gonna have, yeah, Kev. We're gonna have, to have a game, mate. We could do. But like um I wonder like um, national games like and um I represented the West Midlands. Well, and um, I won uh, I won a gold in the men's doubles in the second division. I won Bloody the hell. <laughs> Dave, yeah. we got an Olympic sprinter and now we got a gold medalist. <laughs> I know. I mean I, I actually won a I won a, a gold, silver and a bronze in Brilliant. different um, areas like well done, Kev. That's brilliant, Kev. Well done. That's a Mike, Mike, Kev. Well done, Phil. That's uh, that's brilliant. amazing. Uh, Michael Chambers, not a sport in the conference, but he's got a piece of the Burley ball. <laughs> <laughs> he's already <laughs> off himself. Yeah. I love it, I do. Uh, Tom Robertson, he had a kickabout with David Beckham when he visited the troops in Afghanistan. Oh, that's fantastic. Cool. That's good, I love coming to these questions because we get people joining in in the chat as well, which is you know, it's a great community. We've got uh, we've got over two hundred people watching live as well. And uh, if you do want to get involved in the chat and leave your comments, all you have to do is subscribe uh, to the channel, and you can join in. And we are literally only sixty four away subscribers away from thirty one thousand, and there's two hundred watching. So I'm sure you can edge us closer to that, uh, mate. Kevin, that's really impressive, mate. Have you enjoyed your debut, mate? Yes, I have. It's been eye-opening. <laughs> Mate, you've been a credit, you know, and yeah. I've just got to say, in life, people are going to disagree and agree. There's more people that back you and love what you do. There's no rules to supporting Wolves. There's no rules. You can support Wolves however you bloody want to, and nobody's yeah. got a right to say anything to anybody. So keep your chin up. Keep yeah. howling. Keep them sounding your bugle. You got more um, uh, fans out there than um, uh, than haters, and we'll drown them out. So, yeah. absolutely, yeah. and we need, to have a, we need to finish this part of the segment, don't we, with a howl? Are yeah. we going to count, count? Count? Count us in. Oh. Here we go. One, two, three. It's frozen now. I think. I'll tell you what, that's well brilliant. Done, well, done, Kev. well done, Kev. Well done. Keep on howling, well, son, and thanks, thanks for, for uh, thanks well for coming done, on tonight. Absolutely, uh, absolutely no brilliant, problem, guys. Um, thanks ever so much, uh, Manny. Just uh, again, just remind everyone about Smith Saturday quickly and uh, April the eighth, eleven o'clock. Uh, we'll set up. Have a samosa, enjoy the match, and if you want to donate, I know you, you guys will. You're just incredible. I had somebody actually just. Last week from London, uh, he's a Wolves fan. Never lets I don't even know him, never met him. 500 quid straight up, right? It just it, unbelievable, you know, the support I get. I just cannot ever thank these people. And um, so, can you do one without pe I'll pick him out for you, Chris. He wants a samosa without peas, so <laughs> no problem. So, come and enjoy it. It's a community event, it's a chance for fans to just to get together and mingle and sort of get to know each other especially people off social media it can be a, a bit of a test bit sometimes and when you meet people in uh actual person they're actually not too bad so um come and say hello and um uh, uh hopefully we can raise a few few pounds for a really really important cause no absolutely mate and i'll be there as always helping with the, yep. the amazing team and look out for the uh, just giving commercial uh, that's tomorrow, going out. Yeah. <laughs> Very, tomorrow. tomorrow, yeah, yeah.
Chris, finally from you, mate. Um, you know, just again remind everyone, local company, about your yeah. mortgages, get yeah. in touch. Yeah, get in touch with us. Link link in the description, as they say. Uh, give us a give us an email or just click the link. I'll be in touch. We can help you with all your financial needs, mortgages, pensions, investments, all business insurances. Any guys who've got businesses, we can help you all out with mate rates. So uh, yeah, we're here for you. Uh, help you all, help all the local guys out. And if you forget to get the link, just message um, uh, myself on Twitter or Always Wolves on Facebook, Instagram, or any of those, and I will direct you. Because we had I had someone that WhatsApp me, didn't they, about mortgage, yeah. and I managed to connect you yes, to yeah. about that as well. So yeah. uh, local yeah. company. Guys, thanks very much. Been a brilliant first half of the show, 45 minutes, absolutely brilliant. Kev, hope you'll come back on again. I will do. God bless you. God bless you yes, all. Kev. God bless you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Dave. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So that's Kev, Manny and uh, Chris. Where are we? Uh, there we go. Uh, from Wolf Life. Uh, Andrew Knight, thank you very much. I'll have a cup of tea, actually, because I, I like my cups of tea, mate. So thank you very much. Um, he's made a, a thing there. So I appreciate that. When I go to the game, I'll have a cup of tea on you. Um, much appreciated. Uh, right, now... We're going to be bringing on four more fans. First up onto the screen, it is the legend himself, Wolves Premier. Jason, Lord Jason Guy. Hi, Jason. How are you, Dave? You're right. He's very interesting as well. That first half of the show. And listen, Kev's been getting some grief on Twitter. It's so good to see him make his debut. And I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He was, mate, and I, I, I saw that, and I, that's why I invited him on because you know yeah. there are there are we, you've had a load of you've had abuse on there, I've had abuse, Manny's on there. There's loads of people that, and it does affect one's mental health. And Kev, you know, he's had a lot go a lot happen in his life. He he howls for the wolves and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. And um, it, this is a nice community, and I just wanted him to make him feel, you know, that there's people out there that you know. What you got to remember with Kev is he only does things positively. He only does things to make other people smile. He only does things, you know, just to, to create a good atmosphere. And listen, people have, like Manny said, people have got all different opinions on people who they've never even met. Kev's one of the good guys. And I thought he spoke some real sense as well. You know, he made some really interesting points. In fact, all the good points I was going to make, Kev's already made. So I don't think he's <laughs> Well, absolutely. Well, before we can move on, I just want to say a big welcome to Tom Roden, who's just uh, taken up uh, to support the channel, has taken up membership. 
uh, which is fantastic. Um, we've got a massive community. Uh, we've got a Discord group. We chat every single day. You get custom emojis and all sorts of other things. So, Tom, uh, great to have your thing. I will put uh, the link um, on the community tab for the Discord group uh, after this for you to get on and then get on and enjoy and uh, introduce yourself. And uh, as you say, there's loads of people already welcoming you as a member. If you are interested in being a member, um, you know, just hit the uh, the join button. So next up, we're going to be bringing on da, 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 Paul Mansell. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thanks. And uh, good evening to everyone that's tuned in. Absolutely. And Paul, you know, has got his uh, shiny new haircut today, looking very sharp, mate, can I say? Thank you. <laughs> And I'm, we're looking forward to the uh, trip next weekend because I'm I'm going up with uh, me, the producer Emma, uh, Paul, his dad. Um, we're all going up to Newcastle away. We're going up on the Saturday. Paul's got an itinerary plan for us, so we'll get into in a minute. Um, but I'm looking forward to that weekend away with you, mate. Likewise. And then we've got Josh. How you doing, Josh? What good are you? You in a good mood? Yeah. Good day today watching the uh, football and the Formula One and everything. So, uh, who's your who's, who do you support in the Formula One, Josh? So, driver wise, it's um, it's always like the British lads, um, Hamilton, like George Russell, Lando Norris. He's a Wolves um, fan, isn't he, Russell? Yeah, well, his dad is, his dad is, yeah. So, I know he came on the pitch a few years back, and I like to see, um, the Ferrari boys do well just to try and push Red Bull or than that this year because I think they'll run away with it. And I think yeah. Ferrari will be the team that should be coming up close enough to it. Just out they don't have the engine failures like they did last year. Well, in true. And then last up, we're going to go for a full-on five on the screen. We've got Jack. How you doing, mate? The voice of reason. <clears throat> doing my best tonight. Evening, everyone. We all okay? All good. How are you feeling, Jack? Very positive. Very, very positive. It smiles all around, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It really, really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's great uh, to actually to... Uh, I mean, I was I was hoping we didn't lose because it would have been Bournemouth, uh, Liverpool and stuff, doom and gloom. We wanted to get away from that doom and gloom. But we've got a, a real great second half to the, of the show lined up um, for you today. We're going to be getting stuck into uh, into that. Uh, Jason, just before we get stuck into it, though, I do want to bring people's attention um, to the Wolf Whistle uh, Brew and the event yep. that's taking place. Um, so I just wanted, uh, if you could just tell people a little bit more about that again. Yeah, event takes place on Wednesday, Wednesday the 8th of March. Uh, the Green Duck Brewery approached us uh, to celebrate the uh, podcast uh, Achieving 100,000 downloads, Dave, I mean, to you, that's absolutely minuscule. But yeah, <laughs> you get that for one episode. But the podcast received 100,000 downloads and uh, they've approached us to um, they've, they've basically uh, done a new brew, Wet Your Wolf Whistle, 4% session IPA. So we've got a launch night on uh, this Wednesday, March the 8th, at the Green Duck Brew in Starbridge. Got ex-Wolves players there. We've got, I think, nine ex-Wolves players there. Robbie Dennison, Mo Kamara. Mel Eves, Colin Taylor, Dale Rudge. Uh, we've got some great names there who've had over a 1,000 appearances in the old Golden Black. So it's going to be a good night raising money for the 1P36 Family Trust. Absolutely brilliant. So make sure that you, uh, if you if you fancy that, uh, you like your brew uh, and your beer, get down there as well. You'll see some Wolves legends as well. Um, 
Paul, let's get stuck in. Uh, let's get stuck into the um, to this week. Obviously, with the Bournemouth defeat, the Liverpool result, and how that's backed up into the Tottenham game yesterday. I know you were there with your girls again. Um, you know, what are the points that you'd like to make out of that? I think I always fancied us to win one of these matches somewhere along the along the line. Um, obviously disappointed with how the game ended on Wednesday, especially that second half performance, very limp. Um, and if I have to be, if I'm being really honest as well, I was disappointed with how we started the game yesterday. I was expecting us to come out of the blocks really quick, like a Ferrari, you know, uh, because we've had a couple of bad results. Um, and like we did against Liverpool, we hit them early, didn't we? But um, in hindsight, obviously, is that part of the plan? It'd be interesting to see what everyone else thinks. Was it part of the plan yesterday that we couldn't have a 90-minute full throttle performance? Soak up a bit of pressure, get to half times, you know, at nil-nil, because we had no no chance of scoring, did we, in the first half? And then and then go for it in the second half. I, I think it was um, a deliberate ploy. Um, not something that was just decided at half time, but before the game. And you could see there was like a, a switch in the intensity in the second half. Um, if you watch the highlights on Match of the Day, uh, it's, the, it's the Cunha chance, actually. If you watch the, the way that Neves sprints to close down, then that was symptomatic of the second half performance in, in terms of the change in intensity. Matinho obviously contributed well as well with that Jimenez. So, um, yeah, to get three points off Liverpool and Tottenham combined is is an excellent week overall. Absolutely. And I've just got to come back to here because we've got a question from Carl Whitehouse. Is there a secret word? You know, of course, there's a secret word. There's this, this, this new thing. There is a secret word that all of the pundits I give them before they go on. I send them the message and I say, you've got to try and get this into the uh, into the chat. And it is 2-1 to the pundits. But like we ask you at the end what you think the word is, but don't say it until the end because we've got to see whether all the pundits can get it into, uh, into the conversation. So there is. Paul, mate, I always love, seriously, how you analyse things and, and contextualise things because you make some fantastic points. Josh, uh, on to you now. I mean, you heard what Paul's had to say about that. What points that you'd like to make? So first off, I know they had their chances off the posts. Um, I don't think they're part apart from those two chances. I don't think they really troubled us much. Um, I thought we moved the ball well, but there was the odd chance where Nunes lost it. But I thought he won it back when he lost it. He won it back quite a lot, but he shouldn't be losing it in the first place. Um, and then, like the guys said earlier, your brother who spotted after about twenty-five minutes. You could see Lamina spot, slotting back in. He had a word with Dawson and my brother said how he, he went and then, as if to say, back five, do you want to come in or shall I go out? And um, Lamina moved into that, what we used to call the Conor Cody role. Yeah. But he was just niggling. He, he'd been told from, from the off, man mark Harry Kane. Because he comes, Harry Kane comes back in deep to get the ball, which is where Lamina is. And he just kept on niggling him, niggling him, niggling him. And it worked that first half. We kept him quiet. And um, I think we did the same second half. I think Collins, Collins and Dawson between the pair of them, um, when we are in the back five in the second half, kept pushing at him. Um, I don't think he liked it because every tackle made on him, even when we got the ball, he was straight up at the ref. Um, second, second half was definitely better than the first. 
Um, but a good perform, good performance, I think, all in all, to get the 1-0. I mean, losing to Liverpool midweek was a bit disappointed. But after Spurs lost in the Cup, I thought we've got a chance here to do something. I took, I took the draw, plus I had it on my Super 6 as 1-1. So, uh, did, yeah. yeah, but um, nah, I'm more, more than happy that we get the get the result than me having the points on the Super 6. Mate, I'll tell you what, I, th- I mean, there's a few games, haven't we? The Southampton game, we'd have probably took the points. We got we got the extra two, you, you know, um, Fulham before the uh, the match, we'd have taken the point, but we were disappointed we didn't get the three in the end. The, the, the Tottenham game, 1-0, you know, maybe a point. We got the three. So we've got points. We lost the three against Bournemouth, although you did an, an extra point against Bournemouth, but we kind of made them back winning the Liverpool yeah. game. But that's that's the roller coaster ride. Yeah. That's the, the journey that we're on. Yeah, but I mean, that sort of stuff as well. Like, like the one about the roller coaster ride. And I see Jason on a bit on Twitter and getting the rest of the guys because there's some of the guys on Twitter and Jason answers them back brilliantly. As soon as we get, we lose, lost to Liverpool on Jason is a secret fisherman. It's hilarious. I love, I love really He gets his little bait and he's talking. And he's, and he he just, people, <laughs> no comments. And it's just. The, the moan has come out in force and it's like Jason's grabbing him by the scruff of the neck and just going, shh. For being like that, they love me. <laughs> <laughs> he just reels them in, don't you, mate? Jack, um, you've heard, obviously, what Paul <clears throat> and um, Josh have had to say uh, about the game and stuff like that. Obviously, you were there. I think he was at Liverpool as well. Did you manage to get there in the end? <clears throat> Not in the end, no. No, I had to give that one a miss, so... <clears throat> but managed to manage to see most of it on on the stream. So, are you yeah, managed to on stream and watch yeah. it? So you've you've sort of like seen the Liverpool game. We obviously yeah. we talked about Bournemouth last week, and then you know we 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 didn't score a have a shot on target for like over ninety plus minutes, and then you've got the second half. I mean, what are the takeouts that you'd like to make points you'd make from that from those uh, games? <clears throat> well, Paul, who I sit next to, not not this Paul, another Paul. He lives in Stockport. Every every home game is there. He said it. It's a game of two halves. I thought, I thought first half. I'm going to be really. I thought we were terrible. I thought we were really, really poor first half. I thought there was there's no sort of energy. There's no aggression. I thought we let Tottenham's wing backs completely run the game. Porro and, and Perisic, who I think actually are really good players. Yeah. But you can't let wing backs run a game. You know, they've got Harry Kane on the pitch. If Harry Kane runs the game, okay, because he's a world class player. If Son does it, but you can't let the wing backs dictate the game and, and de- decide the tempo and where the I thought we were really, really passive. <clears throat> I thought Lopetegui's substitutions and his tactical changes and his personnel switches won us that game. Above anything else, it was, it was that, that that won us that game. Because Lamina was doing a, a brilliant job man-marking Gary Kane in the first half. But what it meant was we literally had a two in midfield then with Neves and Nunes. And Nunes doesn't like tracking back. He doesn't like getting stuck in when it when it really counts. He's more of a floater, isn't he? Sort of gets in and around when the ball comes loose. So Neves was doing it on his own, basically trying to sort of hold back the tide. And they were coming and coming and coming. So he said, well, "I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll bring on an extra centre half, and then the three of them between them can deal with Kane because he might he might get the best of one centre half. He's probably good enough to get the better of two, but he's not doing it against three. So that frees up a midfielder then to go and have possession and to get us going forward. But Lamina and Noon and Lamina and Never, sorry, are defensive midfielders. So I'm not going to have both on the pitch at the same time because that's again with three centre halves, two wing backs, and two defensive mids. That's seven defenders. So we've only got three players going forward then. So I'm going to leave Nunes on because he's a bit more attacking. Now I don't think it worked particularly because he wasn't great. But that's the kind of level of 
depth of thinking that this manager's got. I always think with managers, you know, you could have, it's, it's a bit like this. If you've got a Lamborghini, a, a Porsche, a Ferrari, but you give the keys to Mr. Bean, he's going to wrap it around a lamppost within half an hour, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you, Brilliant if you've analogy, got, mate. If Brilliant. You've got, yeah, whoever, whatever you, the tools are, the equipment you've got, you've got to have the right person in charge of it to get the best out of it. And that's what we've got now. We've got a manager that knows this squad inside out. And he's only been there, what, two months, just over two months. But he can tweak a game tactically with the players he's got and completely turn a game on its head. Like I said, that first half, we were dreadful. Second half, we were by far the better team. And this is a team we're playing against, don't forget. We're fourth in the table. And yeah. I know people talk about Tottenham, Spurs, all this, that and the other. They're a really good side. They are a really good side with, with quality players throughout it. And we made them look ordinary second half. You know, we had chances to, to score. I mean, I thought Raul was really unlucky with that with that run. I was expecting them to get the pencil and ruler out with the VAR to check the offside. But oh. back, yeah. But, you know, that, that's the difference that a manager makes. You can look at a game and go, it's not working. So I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. I'm going to bring him here, put him here. We're going to do this and we're going to win the game. And that's exactly what we did. It, it, was, it was brilliant to watch just, just from that point of view of a manager going, I'm not happy with how this is going, so I'm going to change it and we're going to win this game. And and and, and we sort of did. Mate, I'll I tell you what, I, I love Jack because you articulate things, again, really, really well. And you are very much in terms of like getting into the mind. I, I said like you'd be a great manager yourself, like uh, managing mm. the football team. I really think you would be. I mean, to make some really good uh, an, an analysis on that as well, mate. So thank you for that. Jason, um, you've heard what Paul, Joss and Jack have had to say uh, on their points that made some brilliant analysis, I have to say. What, what's your points? I want to say thank you, Dave, for bringing me on last and having all these great pundits on and making all the points. And I've literally got nothing to add to that, apart from, listen, let's be honest, Jack's quite right. It was a game of two halves. Um, we did ride our luck throughout the game, especially the first half. Um the, the, the frustrating thing for me was, especially if, if you come from the Liverpool game when, you know, I don't think we had a shot on goal. We, we only had eight shots to Spurs, 21 over the game. And when you've got statistics like that, it is hard to, to obviously scrape out a win. And at half time, we're nil nil. We've still got something to play for. But when we when we looked at the team to start with, you look at Costa, you know, why did he play over Raul? You look at Johnny. And you know what? It was a... You know, I was thinking, flipping out, what's brought Johnny back in for? But look, he got it right. He made some, you know, what what the, the changes that, that that he made were obviously, you know, inspirational to the outcome of the game. It was a massive call to take Lamina off. When he took Lamina off, I thought, what? I, I couldn't believe it. I, 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 mate, I was, I was exactly the same. But like, when you actually like, what, as, it, as it's been explained back to us, because he was playing so deep, I think what yeah. Paul mentioned, in what you thought he's playing that deep, you might as well play like the uh, the well, absolutely. But 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 he's effective playing there, Dave. And that you know, it's all right thinking. Um, whoever and I, I said this, um, I think it was the Bournemouth game. Whoever scores first wins the game, and and it was exactly the same yesterday. Whoever scored first won the game. So playing Lamina in the first half, playing Johnny Moore defensively, lane four at the back was probably. Um, you know, a masterstroke on itself going into yeah. half time nil nil. Because if we'd have gone into half time one nil down, are we going to win that game two one when we when we don't score goals? No, we're not. Now, 
taking Lamina off for me, I was like, wow, that is a big, big call. And it's these big calls that Lopetegui's making, which are obviously giving us the outcome and the points that, that we're getting. Um, listen, Raul deserved a goal. Raul, for me, was probably the best I've seen him since his injury yesterday. You know, he really worked hard. You, you That video you put on, Dave, him tracking back, I remember that, tracking back for that. And listen, strikers don't normally do that, and he come right back for that. So, his all-round game's a lot better. If you look at the goal, it come into him, and, in you know, in basically two touches, he, he gets his shot off, and that's one thing we have been missing. Gets his shot off, obviously, the rebound and Troy scores. So, effectively, you could say Raul's made that goal. Um, but for me, Raul was incredible. I didn't want to see Costa getting injured. For me, Costa, I desperately want to see him scoring a wall shirt, but each game that goes by, it looks um, increasingly likely that it's not going to happen. Um, I have made... a solution for you, though, yeah. uh, Jason, on Costa, because you want him to see him score in a wall shirt. We can get him in the All-Stars. Well, he probably wouldn't score in that. He's got to get Colin Taylor out of the team first. But, um, yeah, listen, <laughs> we rode out throughout the game. Spurs hit the woodwork twice. Could, you know, it could have gone either way. But as soon as we scored, listen, once again, Lopetegui changed it then. Um, it was a bit frustrating towards the end because I thought Troy had a very good game. But there was he one did. point when towards the end, they're screaming for him to take it into the corner. And he's, he's, he's instinctively he wants to cross it. Yeah. And, it, and then, he, and then he, you know, I think we lost possession and then all of a sudden, you know, they're on the counter-attack and, and that's when they're very dangerous. We know what Harry Kane's like. Yeah, he got some stick off the Wolves fans, but part of the reason he gets stick is because he's an incredible player. And it if is, you think yeah, about it as well, we, we made five substitutes. Yes, the Raul one probably wasn't going to always happen to it, but we made five substitutes. So it's almost like, a, you know, we've got a 48% different side out on the end of the pitch, at the end of the game, sorry, to what we did at the start of the game. And I just thought Lopetegui managed the game brilliantly and uh, we, we was good for the win yesterday. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely wasn't. And I think you're right. I think the, I think the change Costa to Raul would probably have happened yeah. probably and not until around the 55, 60 minutes because yeah. the way I thought, I thought he'd start Costa yesterday. And the reason for that is that Raul's played a lot of the game 80 minutes on Wednesday yeah. night and then he'd switch them over because of the bit... Costa gets in their faces as well. He's, he's difficult to play against, and especially at home. You know, you want to get the fans on your side straight away, and he does get in their faces. But listen, we don't want to see players get injured. He's not. He, yes, he had a great game against Southampton away, but it's fourteen games now. He hasn't really been, you know, uh, playing out of his skin. It, sometimes you look at it, and, and it's like having ten players out there, and that's a big call to make for me because I do like Costa, but he, he, he sometimes he's a bit of a passenger. I don't understand the criticism that Nunes gets because I think Nunes is a great player. Um, he's almost like a luxury player. Maybe he's too good for the Wolves. Maybe he's better in a top half, a top six team. Um, I really do. I think Nunes is a great player. I think he gets a lot of unfair criticism. But, um, you know, you, you, you look at the team and you look at the players who uh, are in the midfield. It, it's difficult. There is players that you choose ahead of him. But I, I, I do think it's unfair, the criticism that he gets. Well, coming on to the on to the Nunes thing, I mean, he, he's undoubtedly talented. I mean, you yep. know, was it Pep that said he was going to be one of the best midfielders in the world? I think the, the issue, that the frustration with Nunes is that um, he's had five or six, seven scoring opportunities and missed them all. Yeah. You know, he, at times, he can turn on a sixpence and create space out of nowhere yeah. and he can drive and... 
But these are flashes of what we yeah. think he could be. And they paid £45 million for this guy. And um, he was like, a, on uh, the Liverpool game, he was falling over, slipping over all the time. He was falling it, over. It is frustrating now because you've got players like Pedence, Traore, Nunes, although they're, they're all very different players, but, that you know, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get out of them when they get on the pitch. You don't get 100% out of them for 90 minutes. And this is the difficult thing. And that's why some of these players are, are luxury players. And that's why you can't have two or three of these players in the side at any one time. You know, that's the frustration. Um, but Lamina... I think Nunes will probably come good. And I know um, there's a few people that have got very strong views on him, like he should be dropped, this, that and the other. And, you know, there's an argument for that. But, like, what I was heartened to see, you know, even though he didn't have the best game, he walked around the side of the pitch and the majority of the fans that I saw were clapping him because yeah. at the end of the day, if his confidence is low, the last thing you want to do is lambast him when he's coming off. You need to absolutely encouragement and he's still a player, he's still a human being. And I yep. think that would have been good for him that he come off there and you know and hopefully he will come good for him. We saw, you know, with uh, Den Donker and stuff like that didn't start for six months and couldn't get into the team. Still a fairly raw talent, isn't he really? Of course he is. absolutely Absolutely. You know what? When they come with a fee like that, the Wolves fans automatically do put them yeah. under pressure. And it, they're more likely going to become a scapegoat when they've got a massive transfer fee around their neck, which is happening in, in Nunes's case. Sarabia's getting a, a, a bit of grief as well. Uh, chaotic rage. I need to sit down with Jason. You're welcome anytime. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I, you know, I am a glass half full person. I do, I do see things positively. Um, so Nunes is just a 50 million luxury then. Well, easy. Good points. I mean, this is what it's all, it's all about, the debates and stuff like that. The one thing that I want to come back to, come back on to this, and I want to get bring this to Paul, because I'm really interested to see all the other pundits' views on, on Nunes. I think you've brought that up well, Jason, and the points that you make are absolutely right in a lot of the respects of what you've said about Nunes. But also, Pedence was dropped not just to the bench, he was dropped yeah. out of the team. Um, Paul, on Nunes, what are your thoughts on that? And Lopetegui said Pedence had been dropped for tactical reasons. What do you read into that? I think with Nunes, I'm not sure exactly what his best position is still yet. Um, that's one thing that I'm scratching my head with. Um, I think some of the stick he's been getting is probably a bit unwarranted. But perhaps it is time for him to sit a couple of games out. That can sometimes give you a fresh sense of perspective as a player. Uh, we have got options now in, in that position, haven't we, in the middle of midfield. Um, I mean, João Gomes has just been called up for Brazil, but he didn't even get on the pitch, did he, um, at the weekend? So perhaps he just needs to have a couple of games out and then bring him back in. Um, Nevers has he's got a suspension coming up, hasn't he? Because he's on nine yeah, bookings. One more with Yellow, he's out for two games. So is that going to open an opportunity for him? Um, so I think for me, I still don't know exactly what his best position is, but I think his best attribute is carrying us up the pitch with the ball at his feet. Yeah. He has got he's got a change of gear that no other midfielder's got. His dribbling skills are good. And I think people are just um getting on his back a bit because of these kind of like stats, no goals, maybe one or two assists. So um I think overall. I wouldn't be surprised if he was left out on uh, Sunday at Newcastle. 
but it wouldn't be like in any form of disgrace. He's not dropped for being useless, but maybe just have a bit of a break, a bit of a freshen up. As for Pedence, you can only assume it's the writing's on the wall, isn't it? When a manager says left out for tactical reasons, when he's clearly not injured, he could have just lied, couldn't he? Lopetegui and said, "Yeah, he's got a knock." So it's interesting that he didn't lie about it. First of all, that he said it's for tactical reasons. And he's our joint top goal scorer. So I think, if I if I was speculating, I reckon Pedenza said, I'm not happy about not starting. And, you know, perhaps that's led to a bit of a disagreement. And Lopetegui's shown him who's boss. But I hope whatever's gone on, they can um, put the differences to one side and we can get the best out of him because... You know something, don't you, Paul? You know something that we don't. <laughs> no, but he, he used that phrase with uh, Guedes, didn't he? Yeah. Left him out for tactical yeah. reasons. And it, uh, that, that, that's why I bring it up. Look because, what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, that's, this is exactly why I bring it up. Because Pedens, he has been good. He, he hasn't been, you know, he did all the fancy back clips and uh, kicks again. He loves all that sort of stuff. And when they play off the ground, when they don't, they look up. But he, he has created goals for us. But the other thing that are, that, about Daniel Pedence, I mean, you know, my dad loves him, Bonanza. He has got a fuse, Pedence. Yeah, he yeah. has got a real fuse because we've seen it, him, him getting stuck in on two pre-season games when he started a brawl. <laughs> and the Christmas. And the Christmas, he, he took a, took a swung swing at someone in Spain, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. And this he is grabbed the him by the throat. As the player stepped back, he threw a punch at him. Exactly. So he's got he's got he has got a fuse, Pedence has, and I'm just wondering whether he's gone off on one, which is why I'm bringing it up. Josh, on to you. The same question, Nunes and Pedence. Your your readings on both of those. Um, I'm not too worried about Nunes' performances. I know a lot of people are picking it up, and I think it's because, of, like Jason says, it's to do with the price tag, because exactly the same happened with Fabio. Um, people lambasted him from the off because they're expecting a polished player, which at 18-year-old is not going to be easy, let's be honest. He's going to be growing into his game at that age. Um, Nunes, same sort of thing for me. We've seen glimpses of what he can do, and for me, his best game from when he signed to us going forward. I didn't think we'd seen his best under, under Bruno until Bruno decided to play in deep against Chelsea. Yep. And you saw him do those runs against Chelsea and you thought, ah, oh, there's a player there. And we've done it a few times since. I think the last few weeks, what's been the problem is, um, because he's been playing a bit like a bit of a left mid recently, hasn't he? I think that's to do with selection on the basis of losing Huang. Because that game against Liverpool, when he got injured, you had Huang on the right, Pedence on the left. Um, as soon as Huang got injured, your winger selection's gone right down. Neto's only just come back. We haven't really got any of a... Adam is off the bench, and he, let's be honest, he's proved it again yesterday. Um, and I, th I think it's a selection point that he's, he's he's been a bit poor. He's been out on that limb on the left. Um, and that's why I think he put... Was he on the left? Yeah, that's why you put Johnny there as well, because Johnny was cutting in as well yesterday and, and supporting him. Um, but with Pedence, now Paul said that. I didn't really think about it like that. Like, how he used the tactical word for um, for Gwedesh. The only thing I thought about was that, and I saw it with the lineup. how he said it was a tactical decision. I thought the lineup was a bit weird yesterday. I wasn't expecting that lineup to look like what he did yesterday. Wasn't expecting Johnny at left back. Uh, midfield three did speak for itself, but I didn't expect to see Costa up front. 
um, and Neto to start. I thought there was a few changes there which were completely off the cuff, which I was leading towards when he said tactical. Was it to do with that? Were they thinking Pedence was going to be in the squad? But I can't see a manager turning around to a player saying, oh, I'm going to make a tactical change to make them think you are playing, but you're not going to even be in the squad. That that's, just seems that, a bit weird. That's exactly what I thought, because Pedence is a, always a you know a player you can bring on and stuff. And I read into the Geddes thing as well. I'm thinking something's gone on there. Jack, do you feel the same on that? <clears throat> it's, a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, <clears throat> I think the, the thing... Are we reading the, too much into it? I, I don't think we are. I think... I think with Lopetegui, I think he wants players to work hard. I think that that's his, his, his sort of his thing, isn't it? Mi- you know, minimum expectation is maximum effort, if you want to use that mantra. You can see how, how sort of we talk about Traore looking a different player under Lopetegui. It's because he's working harder. You look at Semedo, looks a different player under Lopetegui because he's working harder. He's, he's making more runs. He's using his athleticism a bit more. I just don't think Pedence works hard enough sometimes. And I think he's a really good footballer. And I think he's got, he's, 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 you know, in, in some situations, in some games, we've talked about it before, he's the perfect player to bring on because he finds little pockets of space and he's difficult to mark. And, he, you know, he gets a shot away when you perhaps don't expect him to. He scores from all kinds of strange angles, doesn't he? But I just don't think he works hard enough sometimes, particularly tracking back and, and different bits and pieces. I don't know whether Lopetegui's looking and thinking, if going forward, because there's a bigger picture here, isn't there? Because I don't think Lopetegui's coming to keep us up this year and he's going to go off somewhere else, is he? I think he wants to be here for a few years and build something. And he's probably looking and thinking, is Pedence the kind of player that I'm going to build my forward line around? Or is it more likely to be a Sarabia, a Kuna, a Neto, those kind of players? And I just think that's perhaps what he's looking at. He's perhaps leaving Pedence out and thinking, can we function without him? Because he needs to see that, doesn't he? I think if, if all, you know, touch were all going well, towards the end of the season, we've got two or three games at the end where, we're not really playing for anything. I think that's what he'll start doing. He'll start leaving people out and kind of going, can we function as a team without this person? Do we look better with that person in there or do we need still need that person there? Do we need that type of player? And that kind of brings me on to Nunes a little bit. <clears throat> midfield is all about balance. You've got to have a balance in midfield. The best example I can give you, the England team in the early to mid-2000s, Gerard and Lampard, two of the best midfielders in Europe at the time, in the world perhaps, couldn't play together because they were too similar. And I think in the midfield, you've got to have players that will do everything and cover every base. And I think with Nunes, he's got a very specific role in terms of what Paul said, carrying that ball. He's, he, he's a wonderful player to watch when he's in possession. He sort of glides past players. He can turn on a sixpence and, and spin the ball out. He's, he's, his accuracy with his passing needs to, to improve, obviously. And I think what Jason said, he's spot on. I think in a better team, he'd look fantastic. But because we're scrapping for our lives at the minute and every point is precious, you need players like Lamina, who's going to work his nads off every single game and challenge and track back and win tackles, win headers. And because Nunes, that's not his game, I think fans are looking at him going, he's not working hard. Like we've just said, we he's not working hard enough. He's not, he's not what we want. That doesn't make him a bad player. You know, Gerard and Lampard weren't bad players. They just couldn't function together in the same midfield. Nunes is a fantastic player. You can see that from his performances. But at the minute, he's not doing what the fans perceive him needing to do. We need midfielders that are going to work tirelessly and track back and win tackles, headers, like Lamina did on Kane yesterday, the man marking. Nunes could never do that. But that doesn't make him a bad player. It just makes him a different type of player. And there'll be some games between now and the end of the season where Nunes will be our best player. 
because we'll need someone in that midfield who can carry the ball from our defensive third to the final third and do it in five seconds. And he can do, he's the only one in the midfield that can do that. Neves can't carry the ball like that. That's why he's passing. He's so good. He can't run with the ball. Lamina can't do it either. Joao Gomez, I don't think he's that type of player either. So there'll be games where Nunes is going to be our best player and our most important player. But at the minute, he's not at the minute. It's Lamina that's the key one in midfield because of what he's bringing to the team. So I think we've got to be a little bit patient with Nunes and kind of go, okay, he's learning, he's adapting to the country. He's, you know, it's a new environment. He probably, when he signed for us in, in way back in August, he wasn't expecting a relegation battle. Let's be honest, I don't think any of us were. You know, with, with the investment we had with Guedes and Nunes and Collins coming in and, and Kalajic and all those, we finished 10th last year. You're thinking, OK, we're, we're going to top off, maybe pushing for you. We weren't expecting to be scrapping for our lives, were we? And so I don't think the players were either. So it's, it's an environment he wasn't probably expecting. So let's, you know, <clears throat> let's be a bit patient with him. You know, let's not write him off. We're very, very quick as a fan base, and all fan bases are, to write players off and go, oh, he's had crap four games, let's sell him in the summer to Stoke. Let's not do that. Let's just, you know, see what he can do, perhaps next year in a, in a team that's a bit more forward-thinking, a bit more of a solid base. And, you know, and again, I think we've seen glimpses under Lopetegui of what he can do. It's just, obviously, he's not that player that we want him to be right at the minute. Jack, absolutely brilliant. And I think what you've done is basically highlight the point as well that Jason was making yeah. earlier. I know there's a. But he's done it a lot better and more eloquent than me. <laughs> Thank I know you. Chris, there's Chris in the chat who uh, will, I'm sure he'll come on when we get. He comes on sometimes and talks. He's really. Uh, I mean, like here he is. He's like, I'll send him back for twenty million. Chris, you can come on and debate this uh, at some point because I think it's interesting. That's why we're, we're talking about like different opinions. Uh, your view on Pedence, uh, Jason? Listen, I, once again, listen. I think he's a really good player. I think he's very skillful. Once again, he just doesn't do it enough for me. You know, he doesn't. We've seen the glimpses of magic when he beats players when he can get his shot off, you know, he's a special player. And once again, I'll probably keep saying it, these players are sometimes, they are luxury players and better in better teams. And it's difficult when we're in a relegation battle and we haven't got the ball as much and we're defending more. And it's difficult for these players, you know, to, to, to get in, get into the play and play the game that, that they can play. But for me, I think he's a very good player. I just think right now we probably need different types of players. No, absolutely, mate. And that's really good analysis. We should give a mention. I think it's been brought up. Johnny Otto and uh, Collins came on and uh, both yeah. I didn't let the side down at all yesterday. Uh, Paul, we're going to go to you first for a moment or highlight of the day, man of the match and performance rating. Really intrigued to uh, to see what you, uh, you say on this one. Um, my moment of the day was when the final whistle went and watching the staff and the players celebrate together on the pitch, you can tell it really means a lot to them. It's not like just doing it for the fans. It's a genuine outpouring of emotion and relief, I think. So seeing that at the end of the game, I agree that I'd give it a seven overall. I mean, if you're judging it at half time, there's no way you get anywhere near that. But um, yeah, seven. I mean, this is a Champions League team. They're playing AC Milan next. Um, so our second half performance would be higher than seven, I believe. Yes, but seven overall. Man, the match is a few contenders, but I think um, someone posted actually in the chat earlier a real captain's performance in the second half, and I completely agree. I think he was outstanding in the second half, Ruben. His passing, goal threat, his pressing, 
his um, influence he was having on other players around him. So for that reason, I would give him man of the match. Well summed up, mate. Absolutely brilliant. I gave uh, Neves man of the match uh, after the game yesterday. Uh, and I've had time to reflect, um, which so I'll come back with mine again at the end. Um, Josh, same question to you. Highlight moment of the day, man of the match, performance rating for everyone. Uh, moment of the day for me, um, there was the one chance down the South Bank. Um, Dharma had come to the new enough corner flag, pops it in straight onto Jimenez's head. Foster had to make that, well, Foster had to, it looked like a routine save in the end, but it was just that, um, what's the word, um, like memory of what that used to be with Empire. The ball had just go in. It was exactly like it, what it used to be. Slap bang into the middle. Jimenez had run off the back post into the middle and bang. That was my moment of the day, just to bring back the nostalgia was the word, that's it. Um, that was my moment today, just to see a ball like that between them two again. Because I think it's a great header as well. Yeah. I mean, the keeper made a good save actually off the back of that. He headed it down, probably headed it two down. If he'd have headed yeah. a little thing, he'd probably have gone under the yeah. keeper. Um, match rating is seven. Um, I say I think I wasn't expecting a win. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I was expecting that at least took a draw. So seven for me is about right. I think the first half it was. Hit and miss. But second half, we come out as a different team altogether. Formation changed. Collins, and I said this to my brother yesterday, it shows what having experience next to two kids either side of him does to a back, back three. Yeah. Because but Collins yesterday looked a completely different player to, to what we've seen the first half of the season. I thought he looked good um, when Lopetegui first came in before Dawson came in as well. Um, but yesterday, with Dawson next to him, same as Kilman has done the last few weeks, he looked brilliant. So, performance-wise, with players coming on and the way they played, I'd say a seven. Uh, but my man of the match for me, um, I'm going to go off the cuff here because I don't think anybody's mentioned it. I think it's the best game he's had at us in a long time um, since his uh, second knee injury, Johnny. Yeah. I oh. thought he played brilliantly yesterday. Um, yeah. I thought it was the perfect game for him. Um, defensively, we needed him. And it was coming to a point when it was still nil-nil yesterday where me and my brother said, you could probably do that in here, here down that left-hand side to push on. And within seconds of us saying that, we scored. And we turned around and said, no, keep Johnny on, see the game out now. And he, he did it perfectly for me. That's a good shout, actually, Josh. Um, really, really good point. Um, so, finally, over to Jack. Let's see what you have to say on these points. Uh <clears throat> Performance rating, I'm going to go seven and a half. I actually really enjoyed the game. I thought it was a really good game of football. Um, you know, Tottenham played their part first half and in the second half as well, to be fair. Obviously, we've said the first half we were we were poor, but we really recovered. It was a really good game to watch. So, I'm going to go seven and a half. I'm going to be sort of on the generous side. My man of the match is Craig Dawson for, for two reasons. Number one, his defending was outstanding. There was one where he, he, he sort of wore the block, if you like. I smashed the ball at him and just hit him on the chest and went out for a corner. And he just sort of shook it off as if there was nothing. You know, he watched the, the Liverpool-Man United game earlier and Bruno Fernandes is getting tickled on the belly button and going down holding his face like he's been shot. Dawson gets smashed by a ball and just goes, yeah, that's nothing. But that's that's leadership and that's character and everything. But the other reason why I think Dawson is so important He's made Kilman look twice the player he was uh, earlier in the season. The improvement in Kilman since Dawson's been alongside him has been phenomenal. And that's credit to Max as much as anything. But 
you know, we saw it with Cody last year. I'll mention the C word, I know. But, you know, Cody next to Kilman was, was really important. I know, Jason, yeah. But you can see it with Dawson now. He needs that voice alongside him, doesn't he, I think. You know, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to die on the hill of Nathan Collins. I think he's a fantastic centre-half. But he's not that leader. He's not that voice yet. I think Dawson is. And I think he's bringing the best out of Kilman. He's contributing to that back four. That clean sheet is, is massive yesterday. Absolutely huge. Lopetegui even said it in his post-match interview. We had it on the on the radio on the way home. He said, clean sheet, clean sheet. Don't care who scored. Don't care the clean sheet. And I think that's kind of, again, we talk about that. Build that solid foundation. If you keep a clean sheet, you're not going to lose that game. Don't matter what happens. If you keep a clean sheet, you're not going to lose that game. And I think that's what we need to be going for looking forward. I think that's why Dawson is such an important player for us at the minute because he's going to get us those clean sheets. Moment of the day, some similar line to, to Josh, actually. There was a, a chance we had right at the start of the second half and it was um, Neves into Johnny, down the line for Raul and he sort of fired the cross across and oh, Salado Salado just, the just missed it. Oh, that would be a great goal. Yeah, the reason that's moment of the day because the whole crowd kind of went, we're in this game now. We've just been battered like for 45 switch. minutes. Yeah, yeah. We've just been battered for 45 minutes by these. We're quite lucky it's nil-nil. But we can get at these now. We're in this game. We can win this. And he just felt the whole crowd kind of went, OK, let's have it. We're in it now. Let's go for it. And I think that moment, coupled with the Neves long-range shots that, that tested the goalkeeper, that helped as well. But you could just sense in the crowd, as the second half went on, more and more people believing and going, yeah, we're going to win this. We, we can win this. We get a goal here. We're going to win this game. And I think that moment where we just sort of played some football, one touch in we go, sharp passing, and everyone kind of went, OK, yeah, we've got this now. So that was my moment of the day because I think it just changed the momentum in the crowd as much as anything. Mate, absolutely brilliant point as well. Jason, over to you, mate. Uh, moment of the match for me um, was after the goal uh, that Adama scored, you run up to the bench and, you know, everyone, even all the substitutes, just really felt a part of it. And Lamina, and I said, Lamina, that was a, a strange decision at half-time. And quite rightly, yes, Lopetegui would have explained why he's made the decision. But, it, it, you know, he was having a really, really good game. So, he'd have been generally, you know, disappointed. So, for Dharma and, and all the players to, to, to be together, the subs and that, I thought that was a fantastic moment. Um, man of the match for me, Raul Jimenez. Uh, I just thought, you know, he, he, as soon as he come on for Costa, you could just see he, he, he wanted to be in the game right from the off. Uh, he deserved a goal. Sadly, he didn't get it. But, you know, he created that goal. Like I said, he, he got the shot off. Um, and then, obviously, it went to Trory. Rating, seven and a half out of ten. It's difficult to... to after the first five performance, it start, you know, it's difficult to give out eight out of tens. But I think we did well to get back into the game. We did well to be nil-nil at half-time, to be fair. You know, it wasn't all doom and gloom in the first half. But I think, for me, seven and a half out of ten. Um, you know, in the end, good performance. And we, you know, deserve the three points. Absolutely, mate. And, um, I mean, I gave Neves my man of the match yesterday and I based that off his overall performance. I based it off the shots and I uh, also based it off that I thought it was him from I'm from the uh, the North Bank end that had hit the shot that had been parried out to Triori to knock it in the back of the, uh, the onion bag to win it. But finding out that um, it was Jimenez that hit the shot for the deflection and obviously the tracking yeah. back and stuff like that and the things. A day later, because I gave him as, as the silver medal yesterday, 
I'd probably flip that round and I'd probably go with Jimenez just for that one reason because I thought it was Neves that hit the shot that was parried out. Um, so I'd probably go with, uh, I would have gone with probably Jimenez as well on the basis of that because he had his best game. And yeah. I tell you what, I put that clip out, as you said, on Twitter. That tackle. The tackle. Yeah. Because as, as with many people said, he's not in it. He's, he's, he doesn't want to be here anymore. He's, he's not the same old Raul. He's, he doesn't want to put, put it in where it hurts. You know, this is a guy that was fighting for the badge. He was is our number nine, and he was seeing that overlap, and he could have uh, just sat there and let it go by. It's not my job, but yeah. he went he went down there and he made that tackle and he stopped that cross from coming into the box, and you know it stopped an attack and we regrouped and set, and you know he got the header in, he, he had the shot, he was busy. I'm heartened, really heartened by that from Raúl, and if he can. If he's now fully fit again and his confidence and his desires there and stuff like that, the goals are gonna follow. The mm. goals are gonna come. He's gonna he's gonna he'll probably go on a streak of scoring three or four games in a row when the, he just needs one to go in and I think he'll be he'll be off and running. So um, that's who I'll go with. So uh, fantastic. I think the, the pundits uh, man of the match uh, from tonight. It's definitely overall role, but Dawson, good shout. Paul Neves, again, like, like you say, Johnny Otto. Someone said in the chat, it's good that it's been spread around because there's so many good performances. Nobody from the team really let us down. Um, there's a lot of decent uh, performances. Uh, we just need to bring on now, uh, in a second, uh, the, uh, the, the, the wheel. Before we get onto that, I just want to basically make people aware that we do have a fantastic website alwayswolves.co.uk where there's um, loads going on every single uh, match and we have a team of writers that write we've got like the preview we've got the match reaction we've got the the things learned the uh, the report the higher ratings uh, the report was uh, the, the things learned was really really good Lopetegui, Loki, reinventing football, back to the future. Matinho is a sub. Adama, the best substitute in the world. Jose Sar winning points. Si, Senor. These are great articles, and I would recommend that you bookmark alwayswalks.co.uk and um, make sure that you check those out when they come on, because they are fantastic articles and worth a read. And one thing that we haven't shouted out, we should give a, a little bit of a mention, to, should we not, to Jose Sar since the uh, Manchester City game. When he um, he basically passed the ball, he's been fantastic. And how many important saves did he make yesterday? I think it's on the back of having a self-assured defenders in front of him again. There, I think having Dawson in front of him is giving more trust. I really that's, do. That's yeah, really absolutely. Cool. He's also got Dan Bentley breathing down yeah. his neck now as yeah. well. <clears throat> yeah, proper competition. Yeah, yeah. And he's been good. His distribution generally has been good as well. He's been a lot calmer on the ball. He hasn't panicked, and he's made a, he, he's made a few. He made that one good save, that did the fingertip save, but early in the yeah. second 50, yeah. 50 minutes, he got his fingertips to that and tipped it around. That was going in up in bottom corner, right just inside. And he not. So we haven't mentioned him, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Right, let's get onto the wheel then to finish the show, um, and let's see what we get today. Here we go. Before, so I'm going to move on. Oh God. <laughs> 
done the dinner guest. We'll move on. Have you all had those? We've done that one as well, so we're going to move on again. I don't know, I'm going to give you a fresh one. Okay, we're going to go with one more and then otherwise I'm going to give up because I think I really need to update these things. I'm going to make one up. Evan, give me a... Give me a, give me a well, what about the one you did earlier, Dave? Which one? This is greatest ever sporting achievement because... Oh, yes, that's a good one. Yeah, we should go with that that everyone else did, that we did earlier. What's your greatest... Yeah, that's a good point, that is. I'm sorry about that. We could be... I really need to update the uh, the questions. What is your greatest ever sporting moment? Who wants to go first? Go on, then. Go on, then. <laughs> um, now, I was very fortunate when I was chairman of Jody Craddock's testimonial committee to play in his testimonial match. And Mick McCarthy brought me on as a substitute for Sylvan Ebanks Blake. I remember that. Uh, yeah, my, my life was complete. And then I, I nutmegged uh, the Sunderland defender, Matt Piper. So I can go to my grave a happy man. <laughs> That's really good, man. Um, you know. Uh, you're, you're not a bad. Uh, you're not a bad penalty taker either, Jason. Oi, oi! <laughs> Don't get personal, Dave. <laughs> I'll fall out with you like many did. Who wants to go next? Go on, I'll go. Go on, Josh. The uh, completing the London Marathon in 2018 for me. Never thought I'd ever. I'll look back at it now, and the way I'm running at the moment, I think how the hell did I run 26 miles? You're doing it this so. time. Say it again. We're doing it this year. We tried. We we both me and my brother both applied in the ballot and we didn't get back. But we both managed to get into the Great North Run in September, which we did two years ago. But it was the COVID route, so we did seven mile out and come back in. So we had to do ah, the right. we had to do the time bridge twice. Um, but this year it'll be uh, it'll be um, straight down to South Shields this time. So I'll be looking forward to that. But yeah, greatest achievement for me is London Marathon. Tom, you're absolutely right. We need to do, get some more questions. We'll try and get some more on for next weekend for you. Uh, brilliant, uh, that one is. Um, Paul, I guess you're going to basically say playing five-a-side football with me on a Tuesday night. And uh, uh, the fact, you know, me and Paul, are, we, we, we play five-a-side on a Tuesday night. Well, Paul can't at the moment for the next six weeks because he's doing something with a swimming team at the moment. But play five-a-side on a Tuesday night. And uh, we're unbeaten, have you, mate? Never lost a game, me and you. We haven't won. Well, we've been completely unbeaten. So that, that's fun. But uh, uh, apart from that, Paul, what else? But you know the six-year-olds that you play against, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I knew it. He's going to come back with something. Mate, no, we would we'll play tomorrow night, actually, if you fancy it. <laughs> we've been out, mate. I'm well out of shape. I can't even get up the stairs. Tuesday night. There you go. If anyone, for dust in here, is, is it... if anyone plans to play five aside football in Stafford on Tuesday, six till seven, let me know. Go on, Paul. I was just sticking up for you saying that actually you've, you've got some skills. So for anyone who's listening or watching, Dazlin's actually not a bad player. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. I'll give you your, your money later. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, to answer the question, I won't bore people with the details, but um, there was quite a big cup final in the local area, Wolverhampton area. I think it was about 2005, and I got the winning goal in the in the final. So, um, far, big far post header. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, that, I was good at finding space in the box. Fox in the box. Yeah. So, when I look back, that's um, that was a proud moment for me. How far from the end of the game was that? About midway through the second half, I think. So we had to hang on a bit. But yeah, it was um, against a team who hadn't lost a game all season, and we beat them two-one. Then we had a great night out at Pop World in Wolverhampton. Oh right, now there you go. That 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 would that would literally finish the old night. I can just imagine you all on the tables there, dancing, dancing queen. Yeah, messy. Yeah, go on then, Jack. I shouldn't have gone last because I've got nothing like London Marathon or cup, cup final winning goals or nutmegging Sunderland players. Um, played, a lot, played a lot of cricket as, as when I was a kid and scored the winning runs in a game. That was that was quite nice. We were down to the last pair when me and number 11 came in. And I'd like to think he was like Ben Stokes at Headingley. I smashed it through the cover. <laughs> but, but I inside edged it onto my pad and, and ran a quick single and, and won the game. So it was it was kind of it was a glorious moment. So we'll, we'll take that. That was kind of quite brilliant. Nice. No, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that no, was a good question. And we will get these questions updated. I d thank you in the chat for that. Um, like, so the final thing, whilst we're just going to just go around and uh, get the final word and we're just talking about predictions for Newcastle. Um, guys, we've been slotting in all uh, the, uh, the secret word. Uh, if you can drop it in the chat, if you think, think what it is, um, then we'll tell you at the end. Um Come on then, uh, Jason. Prediction for Newcastle. <laughs> Listen, um, Newcastle are a decent side, aren't they, at the minute? They seem to be playing really well under Eddie Howe. And like yesterday, we just took a draw. So, I think if we get a 1-1 against Newcastle, we've got to be happy with that. If we're winning home games and drawing away, um, yeah, we're going to be really happy with that. So, yeah, I'm going for a draw. A draw, nice one. Um, Josh? I'm going to go with a draw as well. I know they're a bit out of form. And a stat I heard on the uh, telly yesterday when they were on the TV against City, they've only scored three goals the turn in the league in the turn of the year. So, um, although they've only got that, they've got that stat of three goals since the start of the year in the league, I'm going to still say a draw. As it's a bit of a, that, that ground's a bit of a, a wall, I think, of noise. And I still think they can get behind the players they can. So I will take a draw because at the end of the day, look where we are, look where they are. Before any team in that half of the table, you take a point. Fantastic. Paul? Cool. I predict a few Guinness, a steak, some Malbec. Big night out on Saturday with Dazzle and Dave. Let's just rewind because you have got an itinerary plan for us and I'm really looking forward to this, guys. So just, um, just tell everyone the itinerary. Well, we're going to try and make like the most of the weekend, so go fairly early Saturday, and then um, I think I know a good sports bar uh, in Jesmond, happy hour and things like that, and we'll watch the uh, the early kickoff. We've got a steak restaurant booked, so um, and then that gives pretty much all of Sunday morning before the match. You've got to um, book into Newcastle Pop World after then. <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> hey, we'll do it. Paul, what about the strip club you mentioned? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still up for that. I don't know if Dave is. I'm not sure, I'm not sure ever is. Producer, I'm <laughs> saying no. 
She's laughing. Um, but yeah, that's um, good. <laughs> prediction wise, I mean, this fixture's finished one one about hundred times, isn't it? Hasn't it? So, um, <laughs> oh god, he actually has as well. I'd take a one one though. Apart from the way last last year, every other game's been a yeah. draw. I mean, a draw earlier on this season, wasn't it? That's it. And you could argue it was like a bad time to play Liverpool on Wednesday with all the players coming back and then finding a bit of rhythm again. Maybe it's a good time to play Newcastle. And, um, you know, obviously we'd take a point against a team who's fifth in the league. But I think we're going to win. Um, we've got a good record away from home under Julian. I think it's two defeats from seven games. And I think we've had, is it three wins on the road as well? Yeah, Man City and Liverpool were the two we've lost. Exactly. So if we get the first goal, you can see the Newcastle fans may be getting a bit restless. They've, as Josh pointed out, you know, they've been very meek in attack recently. So the first goal is so important, but, you know, I don't think it'd be a huge surprise if we, if we did win. Well, I hope that we can. Um, that would be that would be the mate. You've planned this itinerary, so you know. I'm hoping you've got a win. Booked yeah, well, well, we can give the uh, the listeners and the viewers some um, some highlights from the evening, can't we? I'm sure. Well, we do. Yeah, you're dancing on the pole at Pop World at two in the morning, maybe. Yeah. Hang on. Why don't you, you dazzling Dave and Paul's uh, guide to uh, Newcastle? Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. No, Mr. Miami's coming and doing it with us. <laughs> What's happened to Mr. Miami? I was going to say, whatever happened to him? I've been out, forgot about him. Um, That's why I kept getting all the grief now because Miami's done one. <laughs> we'll do a late night podcast well, instead. He, I think he, wasn't he employed by the club last season and he no longer is? He was um, doing the YouTube videos before, wasn't he? TikTok, really. Isn't they? I know, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can do. Um, we can do Paul, Paul and Dave's guide to Newcastle. Um, yeah, check our Instagram stories. Uh, you know, make sure that you're following Paul Mansell, Dazzling Dave on uh, on YouTube, on uh, on Instagram. We put a few on our Instagram stories up. So, uh, what's your Instagram, Paul? It's at Paul Mansell ten. There you go, at Paul Mansell ten. We might even put some on the Always Walls Fan TV Instagram, but my Instagram is there, Dazzling Dave without the G. Um, and we'll put some Instagram stories up for you. And who knows, we might end up in Pop World now. But there you go. Um, Jack, to you. Uh, I predict it's going to be cold. <clears throat> I predict yeah. the away end's going to get altitude sickness. <laughs> I, predict, I predict anyone watching on telly is going to get more close ups of Anton Deck than any of our players. Yeah. And I also predict that we're going to come away with something. So that'll be really hang our hats on. But I think the important thing is the two games after that Leeds and Forest. That's where really yeah. we, we can pull clear. If we are can you get... going up on the day, Jack? Or you yeah, going... yeah, we are, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, you can come and join us day. in Pop World if you're coming up on the Saturday and um, yeah. you're going to join us in there anyway. Fantastic. <clears throat> Guys, it's been an absolutely fantastic show. Um, just to remind everyone, we're going to count in, we're going to do a count of three and then we're all going to say the magic word, the secret word. Um, so, three, two, one. Ferrari. Lamborghini. <laughs> so, yes, guys, you've got it. You've equalised. It's two all. Uh, some really imaginative uh, ways of getting Ferrari. Um, but, Jack, I think yours take the biscuit for the fact that you uh, 
you can imagine the manager having that. That was that was really quite good as well. But I mean, it was it was so funny. But yeah, we've gone with Ferrari this week because it's the start of the Formula One season, and um, I always try and have something in mind to tag into something, and that's why I went with Ferrari. And uh, that's starting. And I know there's a few of you guys that are mad uh, on your Formula One, and. Um, It'll be interesting to see who comes out on top again uh, this season. But as regards to Wolves, Wolves have come out on top against uh, Tottenham Hotspur. You know, uh, Traore made sure that he caned Harry Spurs and we've come away with the three points. And we're up to the dizzy heights of 13th place. And we're looking down and saying to all the other teams, please mind that gap because we want to keep it like that and grow it a bit more as well. Um you know, there's a bit of a gap between 12th and uh, 11th, but um, you know, I mean, I think it was Emma that said it's not looking so bad. Chelsea are 10th, we're 13th. You <laughs> put it in the context like that, uh, guys. Absolutely brilliant, uh, Jason. Quick plug again for your uh, your event. Eighth of March, Green Duck Brewery in Stourbridge this Wednesday. Uh, there's nine former Wolves players there. We're launching the Wet Your Wolf Resort Beer, raising money for the One P Three Six Family Trust. Thank you. Absolutely. And so check that out. And I hope that goes well for you, buddy, as well. Uh, from myself um, and everyone that's been taking part today, I hope you've enjoyed it. Welcome to our new member. If you've subscribed, thank you so much. If you're watching it back on catch-up, leave it, leave it in the comment. As always, it will be out on podcast on Monday morning if you're listening to it. I had one guy uh, that messaged me last week or two weeks ago over in Australia. He said... Every Monday, he listens to the first half on the way to work and the second half on the way back from work. And it just amazes me, like what with your podcast, Jason, that you have people all over the world that listen in to the shows and watch it. It, it still amazes me. And uh, he sent an email to say that it's, it's a fantastic, that he, he looks forward to listening to it every single week. So, guys, thanks for the contributions. And until the next one, from all of us, to you and yours, always Wolves. Always Wolves. Always. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.